0: ESPN 1420, 1420 1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the great Scott show. And joining me now is the sports director at KTC TV three, Seth Lewis. I think last time we chatted, you were, you know, Seth Lewis Incorporated, the guy on TV3 that everyone knows, everyone likes. Now you're the sports director, so it was about to happen, but now that it's official, congratulations.
1: Thank you very much. I think the last time I was not the sports director, I'm still getting used to that title, I, I, but it sounds good. It sounds I, I, good. I will, I, will, I will say that. <laughs> a smile has come to my face a few times because now, like, on KTC, it's like uh, sports director, Seth Lewis. i like, ooh.
0: Man, what? I got I to get a new business card.
1: Man, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't pass them old ones out. You what know, well you do? You got to update your Twitter. It still says you know, know. sports. Somebody anchor else reporter. told me that too. Yeah. But I mean, I, I feel like a, I feel like a sports anchor, reporter, director, producer, photographer, right now. Yeah, I feel, I feel like everything, mm-hmm. uh, just because same. I feel you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seventeen after the hour, uh, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Seth Lewis is in with us this morning. I dig into um, man, NBA Finals game six is tomorrow. Game five, that was one of those instant classics. Absolutely. I mean, it was. I get it was a Saturday night, but. I, I don't I, I don't even know what the ratings were. I frankly I don't care. I really don't care. I, I I care about myself selfishly and I was watching that thing and I wasn't eating popcorn, but I might as well have been because it was that kind of game. Like whenever it's a, a, a close finish, a back and forth game, but the teams are hitting shots. And when the defense is good, right? It's not like, oh, it's another miss, who's gonna the moment's too big. Somebody's got it. It was like just contested shot after contested shots going in. Phoenix is down 108-94. They come back when Booker's on the floor. Obviously, it's a different team. The steal, the alley-oop, Drew's moment, just top to bottom. It was just magnificent, man. It was one of those games where it ends. You're like, how am I supposed to go to sleep right now?
1: Yeah, and for me, that had to go on the news (laughs) 20 (laughs) minutes later, and I'm sitting there still watching the replay of the slow-mo – Drew, alley to Giannis for the the game ceiling dunk. I mean, it just had so much. Like, someone said it felt like four games, and it really did. Because, you know, the first quarter, the Suns are big. And then the second quarter, I mean, that lead evaporated, literally. And the Bucs took the lead before halftime after being down, what, 16, 17 points in the first quarter. And then the Bucs go up big in the third quarter. And then all of a sudden, the Suns... Start to come to life. Chris Paul starts to show life. Uh, Devin Booker hits a big three. And you're like, man, down one with the ball. It's like the Suns are about to take the lead. I don't, I didn't, I wasn't convinced that they were going to win yet because the Bucs were still playing good. But I'm like, man, the Suns are really going down to take the lead. And I mean, Drew Holiday. Man, I don't know if this is the right time for it or not. But these NBA writers should be ashamed and, these, and I really should say these voters should be ashamed that this man hasn't been first-team All-NBA defense for the every past, year. every year. Well,
0: Pelicans fans, are, are, they laugh the most because last year, he was, like Eric Bledsoe was voted ahead of him on NBA All-Defense. And then you see the two players traded. I mean, we clearly see the and, difference. There's a clear difference. Bucks fans see the difference. It's like, come and it's, on, guys. And,
1: and you're listening to players say, nah, Drew's different. Like like every every great player from, you know, obviously the Damian Lillards and, and people that are, are guard size to even people like Kevin Durant. I mean, he defended that shot that Kevin Durant airballed in overtime in that game seven. And but Kevin Durant's giving him his credit, man. He's tough. He's tough. Six four. Kevin Durant, six eleven. He can guard I've seen him not give Jokic problems, but I've seen him pull the chair from Dude, Nikola Jokic. I've seen
0: him own Kevin Love.
1: I mean, like it's unbelievable his he, versatility. Yeah,
0: and and his offense kind of comes and goes. It does. But Saturday night he was hitting contested mid-range shots. Like it was when you when you're in what was at stake. It was the biggest and best performance of his career. And I don't know if it's gonna equal a title. We'll see what happens tomorrow and then possibly Thursday if Phoenix can force a game seven. But, you know, Chris Paul, for all the praise we've given him, everyone's trying to say, well, he must be hurt, or there must be this, or must be that. I mean, look at look at who was guarding him most of the time he was on the floor in game one, and then look at who's guard who's been on him. Games two, three, four, and five. You, you literally took the words I mean, true. Yeah. I mean, yes, he got a whole bunch in game one. Guess who wasn't uh, assigned to him at all? That'd be Drew Holiday. That's that's where the difference is. That, absolutely. In, in this stat, Seth Lewis uh, in with me this morning. I'm Scott Prather. When Devin Booker is on the bench and Chris Paul is looked at to be like the guy to get points. And look, when Booker's on the bench, you know Holiday's going to be on Paul. In this series the phoenix suns in the nba finals when booker is on the bench and paul's on the floor and 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 that means he is offensive option a phoenix is minus 39 like that's the, to me it's the biggest stat of the whole series and that's that because you can read a lot into that one the importance of booker two people would dog paul but i think it's more about holiday than paul I, there you know what i'm saying
1: i 100% agree with you you know so many people have said oh like you said, he must be injured. Oh, he's choking. You know, there's a big moment. But, like, man, you know, Chris Paul is six foot. And he's, what, 36? He's 36. He's a bulldog, bro, man. He is a bulldog. And, and that's not taking anything away from Chris because, um, to be honest, I thought or maybe I was, I'm was, I'm rooting for the Suns to win it, you know, because of Chris Paul and Monty Williams and, and, and a lot of those New Orleans, Louisiana Hornets, Pelicans, Ties, and just mm-hmm. all that different stuff. Langston Galloway.
0: But then when but, you see Drew, he, he oh, pulls I, in I, your look, heartstrings a little.
1: Oh, for certain. And and I would if, if the Bucks win, I'm going to be happy for Drew. I'm going to be really happy for Drew. But it's just to say that, like, man, like, Chris Paul, at his age, even though he's played excellent all year long, when he's being guarded by somebody like Drew Holiday, it's going to show. Now, if this was prime Chris Paul – I'm not saying Drew wouldn't still get his wins, but it would be different. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about a a 36-year-old, and now it's been a smart adjustment by the Bucs, but as uh, someone brought up, it's like you know one could question why it was an adjustment and and why it just wasn't the thing at the beginning, but pressing Chris Paul full court, not only with Drew, but also with Jeff Teague, who is nowhere near the defender as Drew, but still wearing on him, just like a championship boxing match. You know, it's not necessarily those early rounds are about filling them out. And some of those body shots, they may not look as good as the shots to the head. But as time goes on, your ribs start to loosen up a little bit. And those body shots just continue to wear on you and wear on you by the time, like Drew Holiday said after one of the games, one of us got to be tired. One of us has to be tired. And so I think he's played such a huge role in that. And when Drew switched on Booker yesterday, or I should say on Saturday, Booker had trouble, too. Mm -hmm. That's just how good of a defender Drew is. To me, it's Drew and or Ben Simmons. They are the two best perimeter defenders in the NBA today. ESPN
0: 1420, Seth Lewis in with me.
1: So let's let's discuss the officiating
0: for a second. Had they blown the whistle on the steal, I don't think that there would have been an outcry of how do you do it because there was there was a little bit of contact. However, if you've been watching the series, you've seen. I mean, look, last Wednesday Devin Booker had twelve fouls. Right? They only called five. I mean, he had it might it might be a nice. It's probably more like seventeen. So the point is they they have let them get pretty physical in this series. So in that moment. You if like like I remember like in game late in game four it was like oh Giannis honest wasn't completely out of bounds when he inbounded the ball by like a half second and and Suns fans are flipping out well how do you not call that well you realize Stephen Booker should have fouled out like an hour ago Hello. so it, it you you can point to some of the uh, quote no calls in quote if that's how you want it, if that's what you want to call it. But I liken it to, like, you know, an umpire with a strike zone. Like, all right, if you're going to do it, be consistent. Now, it's hard to be consistent throughout. Uh, but I didn't – I look at that moment, and yet I I, th- I think to myself, best moment of the series thus far, the steal. I mean, Giannis, Giannis you could argue that his block where he defended the alley and the oop in game four was maybe the moment of the series. But I, I think game five, Drew's steal and – to sure. have the wherewithal to, to throw that alley-oop. But if they blow the whistle there, and, and it's a foul, and Booker goes to the line, and who knows, maybe Phoenix wins. I don't think that there's an outcry of, you you can't call that. I'm, I'm glad they didn't. Me too. But it's like, it, it, it's kind of the way that this series has played out, the way they've let both teams get physical. Sometimes you see late in the game, suddenly we're going to call it different, and they really... At least, I mean, maybe I'm just a prisoner of the moment, but it seems like late in the last few games, they haven't been they haven't been very quick with the whistle late in the last two
1: games. No, and I think that is the part that's probably been consistent is that they've kind of just let them play. Like, and I don't feel like referees have determined the outcome of any of these games. Now, if Devin Booker, when he bear-hugged Drew Holiday on that layup attempt in game four, if he stays in the game and he's the reason why they win game four It would have
0: felt pretty less everybody you're right. Everyone would have been saying, How in the hell do you not
1: right. call that? Because you're right. when Devin Booker hit he hit a shot after that. And it's like that shouldn't count. Not it shouldn't count because he didn't make it, but, but it shouldn't count mean. because like he shouldn't be in the game. Like that guy shouldn't be in the game right now. I, I and and look, Patrick Peterson is a is a great cornerback, but I think a lot of cornerbacks would tell you that, you know, sometimes when you use that inside arm or that inside hand, they don't see it as much as the outside hand when they're uh, uh, guarding a wide receiver. So I don't know if Devin Booker got in the lab with, with Patrick Peterson during his time in Arizona because he's used that off hand a couple times, wrapping around a guy, and hasn't been called for a foul. I don't I don't know what he has. But going the there. one
0: on Drew late in but game four. If if Phoenix had won, there would have been a, a hell of a lot more made out of for certain. Like I I'm not I'm not even sitting I'm not. I would not suggest an incredible job or anything like that. No. I think to this point they have avoided becoming the story. I agree. Despite each fan base at times trying to make it the – See, officials become the story when it's bigger than just a fan base. I mean, we can we can point to an obvious football game a few years ago sure. where that happened. And it was the, the, and, the topic and, all Super Bowl week. Right. And yeah. and the next season. Yeah, and absolutely. And for, unfortunately for some fans forever. But like – that hasn't been the case. You've had Bucks fans, you've had Suns fans point to it, and you've had some fans, but they haven't become the big story yet. And you know, and they wouldn't have been had they called Holiday for a foul. And they're not when they didn't. And so to have that moment, I don't know, man.
1: I mean, I, I, well, and, I and let me say this too, because um, you you were talking about the the Holiday steal, the Holiday steal was the most important play of the series so far. Right. Um him coming up with that down one in the pivotal game five. Up the, one, right. Yeah. Or, or well I'm saying with the Suns down one, but right, the, right, but the Bucks you. up right. one. Um, you know, coming up with that still and um, you know, the team that wins game five wins the series, I believe it's seventy two percent of the time in the NBA Finals, uh, when when you're talking about just the NBA Finals. Uh, And I know that percentage is pretty high for for game fives and a 2-2 series in general. But make no mistake about it, the Giannis block was the more impressive. Oh,
0: well, it's it's one of the most impressive plays I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, to be guarding the ball handler and to turn around and be able to block the alley-oop. And I'll say this. Not, not even Hayden. The pass was a little bit off, but if no one's there, Hayden dunks that ball. And
0: and he, he got it at the highest point. It's kind of like the, the alley-oop on Saturday from Drew that I'm so glad he threw up there. It was so high, which makes it that much more of a highlight. But I don't even remember who tweeted it, but, but in Game 4 he man he somehow managed to defend the alley and the oop by himself. Yo, I love that. It's just a perfect description. <laughs> it was a great spot- description. Like those are the moments that like if you're if you're hating on a play like that, I mean, you just hate sports and life itself. Because it's that's a bit extreme, but like why how could you look like to when I look at something like that, that's like the way some like art critic looks at a work of art in a museum and they're like, "Oh, God, oh, how like that block in Game Four? That was that was art to me. I was just like, I could watch the replay over and over and be like, How did a human being do this? I'm mean, Giannis. Let's say God pray there's a great Scott show. ESPN 1420. I have to remind myself he's 26. I know it's it's wild. It's unbelievable. And he has you know Milwaukee's never been great in the half court uh, offensively, and yet Middleton's had some big moments to where they've been able to get around it. But, like, if, if you want to pick on Giannis in terms of ball handling or this or whatever, like, go ahead and nitpick all you want. This guy, I mean, consecutive 40-point double-doubles, multiple MVPs, his team's up in the finals, multiple big-time moments in the clutch. And if you're if you're hating on Giannis right now, then go ahead and hate You just... I, there's nothing that's going to get you to stop because win or lose these finals, man, to me, Milwaukee, you know, small market, Giannis, whatever, whatever you want to say about him, If you're, if you don't come out of these five games more impressed with just how special he is and how he's kind of a one of one in terms of just his freakish ability, then you're never going to be convinced otherwise. You just don't want to be, you just don't want to look At the facts right in front of your face, because I marvel watching this guy.
1: And for me, and I tweeted this out on Saturday night, or maybe it was Sunday morning. I'm really proud of Giannis, and I don't really say that about a whole lot of like professional athletes. But like, I'm proud of Giannis because I feel like we've watched him grow up in front of our eyes within a playoff run. Like the Giannis that is playing right now was not necessarily the Giannis that showed up to the Brooklyn Nets series. And the reason I say that is because so much of what Giannis tried to do in the Brooklyn Nets series started from the top of the key. And it was the the trying to charge or, like, you know, his move was, you know, if he got to the free throw line and he got stopped, he would, dri- he would dribble back to the three-point line and then try to get a running start and then just pick a direction and then – um, you're talking about Blake Griffin or somebody else just having to choose right, almost like a goalie and a penalty, a penalty kick as far as charge or him going by you. And, like, the Bucks <clears throat> analysts have said it. They're one of the more frustrating teams to watch because it's like, man, like if you have all of these guys that can dominate inside, you have somebody like Giannis, you have somebody like Brooke Lopez, who's nowhere near what he was when he was in his all-star form, but he still has skills. When you have somebody like Drew Holiday and his abilities to get to the cup, when you talk about somebody like Chris Middleton and his ability to get to the basket and his ability to get mid-range shots, it's frust- it's been frustrating sometimes watching them Settle for threes. Him settle. Giannis settle for jump shots. This final series, it's like a light bulb has clicked for him that like none of these dudes can stop me. I'm just gonna go to the hole. Like I love. I feel like it was in game two or something like that. He's clapping at Drew. Like mm-hmm. hey, give me the doggone ball, and he gets it immediately. Goes right to the hole. Gets the basket and the and one. It's been amazing and. It's not like he can't use development. I'll say that too. Like, it'd be nice if he had post moves, right? But, like, for him to be able to do this with the skills that he has already and you think about him adding to that at 26, that's just scary. It's, like, so scary to think about. So uh, it's been such a joy to watch him um, in this series. And even in the Atlanta series too, I felt like I felt like this was starting in the Atlanta series, and then he had the, the hyperextension. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, it wasn't that long ago we saw his knee turn I mean, sideways? And it sh- looked, I forgot it for a minute, and Just, it looked
1: traumatic. It, you know I what mean, I mean? It looked like
0: he—if it had happened to you or me—they would have had to cut our leg off. Man. I mean, I just, I, I'm going to have a, a peg
1: leg. For him rest to of my come life. back a week later, pretty much, and, and to perform two 40 point games.
0: 40 point double, double. I saw somebody the say finals.
1: the last four games, he's had two 40 point games. He's had the block and the alley. Now, the block and the alley doesn't do a good uh, service to like his other numbers because, I mean, in the game with the block, he had 14 rebounds. And then on Saturday night, he like had nine rebounds and six assists. Iconic assist. plays, though. I mean, just un. Believable plays and unbelievable. And, I mean, as good as Drew has played and as good as of course Middleton has been at times because I don't know who he thinks he is. Scotty Piffin. He's just been he's, un- He thinks he's Scotty <laughs> Pippen in this series. He's just been unbelievable. The MVP, the MVP can't go to anybody but Giannis.
0: ESPN fourteen We're just in this era where it's just uh, people are going to hate no matter what, right? For sure. I mean, I'm guilty of it at times. I'm not a Durant fan. Of course – I'm also not going to sit here and suggest that he's not
1: whatever one you want to say best on the planet, best player on the planet, the second best player on right. the planet. So, the but, best you know,
0: oh, join a super team, or LeBron yeah. needs a super team, or, or Curry he's not even a Finals MVP. Or Giannis can't do this; he doesn't have a full skill set to do all this stuff. And blah, 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 blah. Like, why, when you're watching greatness, do you want to immediately figure out how you can dis- I don't know. Like
1: that's that wasn't, but I, and I, that, feel like th- I feel like I feel like it. It happens in basketball more than any it's other it's sport, it's,
0: it's it's social media. I mean that's what it is. Yeah. Like but- like you could have debates with your friends when you were younger, Seth, about players this and that. But like, it's almost like I, I found that when I was younger in pre-social media, what it is now. It wasn't even so much, like, trying to discredit greatness. Like, you could – like, I wasn't necessarily rooting for the Bulls, but I was never – I would be open, like, I'm not rooting for – I don't want them to win again, or I don't want Jordan to win again. But at no point was I like – I mean, he's kind of overrated. Or no. well, he does da- – no, it was like, I, I'm not going to – that is greatness. That's why I want this other team to upset him, because it's 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 phenomenal. Like, at no point when I watched – you know, I mean, look, I – couldn't stand the cowboys of the early nineties. Sure. I mean they beat the hell out of everyone. At no point was I like they're not that good. Or sure. well they had now as I get older I like to mess with fans about the cap and how, you know, the, the early days. Those, of it those and rings all this are, stuff. and
1: trophies are, are sure. dusty. Page and Norm Locke. Sure. That yeah, that, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. but that's Bissard.
0: but in the moment at no point are you like, oh, you know, Emma is really not that good. Yeah, for certain. You're like – Yeah, you never – just... you never
1: like Troy Eggman is no, – no, 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 Troy or, Eggman Or really... even
0: when the Lions, you know, were barely getting into the playoffs and you had a guy rushing for over 2,000 yards where you like, oh, yeah, but if he was better, they would – They, I mean, if he's really the best player in the league, he can't be NFL MVP unless they're like winning a Super Bowl. Like, that's so stupid. I mean, you could watch Barry Sanders in some of those amazing seasons he had and be like, greatness. greatness. and. Now, and I really think, it really is just social media and people trying to one-up each other and be right. It's like, guys, put the phone down. Like, st- give your thumbs a rest and just sit back and watch greatness. And if you want to comment about the greatness, go ahead. Stop trying to comment about why it's not greatness when anybody with two eyes can see it's greatness. And Giannis has had these moments where you're like, that's That's greatness. why he was the MVP. ESPN1420.com. All right. Now, you've got on me in the past when, when I admitted that I'd never actually seen Space Jam. Sure. I did see the new one.
1: I haven't seen it yet.
0: Now, my son wanted to watch it. Sure. Um, and I've been called old an old man because I've commented that LeBron's acting skills, when he was interacting with human beings, were, it was not good. In fact, sure. it was it was pretty bad. He was, like, doing voice acting or it was just cartoons. Cool. I'll just say this. Why are you commenting on it? It's for kids. Like, I my kid liked it. That's the point. But am I not allowed to comment on it? Am I just some are. old guy now suddenly? Sure. Maybe I am. Um, there's some irony in the movie. I'll just say that. Don Cheadle's a bad guy. But what he is trying to accomplish in the movie, I feel like that's what Warner Brothers is <laughs> trying to accomplish with the entire actual movie of Space Jam. No, that's not a spoiler. That's sure. a spoiler. That's it's that a fact. But when you watch it, actually just try to enjoy it. I, I I'm am I'm, I I'm it. thinking way too
1: deeply about no, it, I'm, but I, mean, I can't watch I, well, can't, because I, I can't watch a film and just be like, "Uh and, it's, it's cool." It's like, well, no, and Space I, Jam I, 2, you know, I you know when you come out with a movie like that, it's going to be compared to the first. It's always going to be hard to be better than the first. And then it also falls into Michael Jordan versus LeBron. And as I was telling a friend, you know, they were they were saying about you know that they didn't really like this version of the movie, and you know whatever, whatever about the plot. You know, did you go back and watch? Have you gone back and watched Space Jam One? Never even seen. And um, they were like, "Yeah, like the plot was better in Space Jam One." And I'm like, "Cool," but like, we appreciate. Plot. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on now. Like, li- like, listen. I, like, like that's part of my thought too. like, listen, 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 to what you're telling me about Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. The like, plot. Let's, let's let's get let's let's think about this, right? But. <laughs> my point is that's funny that that's like funny. those kid that movie entertained me as a kid when i've gone back to watch it i'm not saying it wasn't entertaining but it was entertaining because it's what i remember as a kid as right. a kid the nostalgia. Uh, but as a but as an adult i can recognize the bad acting i can rec- recognize the like the silliness and the foolishness that's like uh i don't know doc you know what i mean like I, like i so it's not for us like this version of it isn't for us but like I plan to enjoy it they they Warner Brothers
0: spends a lot of time planning Warner Brothers Easter eggs to try to appeal to the grown-ups that are watching with their kids and it's but then it's like okay so it's just a giant promotion for you anyway but Don Cheadle's fine, but like you could tell that some people are actors and other people are basketball players Sure. And that and that's to be expected. Just pointing that not out surprised. doesn't make you a hater. I, t-
1: I tell you what, though, just pointing it out makes you a, a realist. Le- um, LeBron was was pretty good in Trainwreck. Want to say it was? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he was he was good. I like I like I, I actually did like that movie. But um, Bill Hader's funny. Yeah, but um, but <laughs> I'm not. What do we he should come, stick to his, his day job. The uh, foot's
0: sir sure. When we come back, ESPN1420.com. College football, going to dive deep into that in the 8 o'clock hour. Phil Steele is going to be joining. But we come back a couple more minutes with the sports director from KTC TV3, Mr. Seth Lewis. Willie Green, going to be the next head coach of the Pelicans. Trying to hand out a letter grade? Yeah, good luck with that. ESPN1420 will be right back right after this. Welcome back into the great Scott Show. The great sports callers open to Think take on a Monday. Phil Steele's joining me at the top of the hour. We're talking all things college football. We're diving deep. Who's going to be the best G5 team in the country? How does he like Louisiana's chances against Texas on September 4th? Who does he expect to be the most improved team in the country? Uh, he's high on LSU in that regard, but are they at the top of the list? What are his thoughts on Billy Napier? We're going to hit on local. We're going to hit on national. Who's going to win it all again this year? Is it going to be one of the usual suspects? That's all coming your way with the expert prognosticator, college football guru, Mr. Phil Steele. Seth Lewis from KTC TV3, sports director from TV3, is with me this morning for one more segment. A couple minutes here, Seth. Willie Green, um, one of those names, when you look at this Pelicans coaching search, it was Charles Lee and Jacques Vaughn pulls out is probably going to be Charles Lee. Wait, now there's this Willie Green guy. Everyone's going to bat for him. Name's getting stronger. Name's getting thrown out there more. Now there seems to be a lot of desire for him. He played on the New Orleans Hornets. He lasted a dozen years in the NBA as a player. He's been on the Warriors staff. He's been on Monty's staff. He's young. He's 39. His dad, by the way, is the drummer in the meters, which is just kind of... That's just an ad, that's line That's just an added bonus if you're going to be the next head coach in New Orleans. But Willie Green, uh, I, my my thoughts quickly and and, and I and then I want to throw it to you cuz I know you got a lot of thoughts on it. Someone said, "Well, do you like the hire?" I, I all I say is, I like, guess yeah, sure. Like to ask me to hand out a letter grade right now is like it's silly. Like there's not much you can really judge. Like to say that it's a catastrophe, to say that it's the best hire in the world. You can't do that because you don't know. He's been an assistant. He's young. We'll see. I mean, it's not like you've had a ton of Byron Scott won a Coach of the Year award one time in New Orleans, the best season in franchise history. Other than that, it's not like you've had some incredible seasons. Monty had a few good ones. Um, but let's be real, man. the The most important thing for Willie Green here is to – Be able to – Who I read a quote that someone said about him. I think it was Doc Rivers, who coached Willie Green toward the tail end of his career. And he said one of Willie's talents as a player was he could tell the other guys on the team he could – he had the ability to tell you the straight truth without offending you. That right there, talk about a coach in the NBA in 2021, that is a – that's what he needs, okay? Hopefully he's still got that. Anyway, I'm rambling. What are your thoughts on Willie Green as next head coach of the Pelicans who desperately need to take a, a big step forward next season?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think that it's just any coaching hire is probably just hard to know unless it's like a Kim Mulkey going to LSU and into like, oh, okay, well, you know, she's one several national championships. That's a pretty that's probably a pretty good hire, but outside of that it's always going to be pretty tough to judge. The one thing I will say is that it seems like the philosophy of David Griffin matches with the philosophy of Willie Green um about this being more about people than it is player and not about Xs and Os but about as Vin uh, Diesel would
0: say, "Fam."
1: Yeah, family and chemistry and um, knowing knowing each other in and out, and I don't know. Turn your back on family. I mean, so movies, you know, fast. So I mean, and maybe he brings Vin Diesel on to be an assistant coach. (laughs) I'm sorry, I I need to shut up. Yeah, but (laughs) Bredo. But no, so um, I think uh, I think in those aspects, like the hire, but you know, this is the third head coach in three years. This is David Griffin's second hire. And so he has to get it right. I mean, he absolutely positively has to get it right. And I mean, you talk about the Suns and you talk about Devin Booker and Chris Paul and all these people, and you can tell the team is really happy for him, and, and and they have all these glowing things to say. And usually that's what you have when you have a, a well-respected assistant coach on your team. There's going to be glowing things to say from everybody in your, in the family, but it just doesn't necessarily translate to uh, starting as a head coach, but he's going to have a good, he's got a good book to start with. So many coaches, when they get their first opportunity, it's in Orlando. It's in, maybe it's in New York when New York isn't good, man. And maybe that could turn into something, but maybe, it's in, I don't or know, Or Monty Minnesota, Williams, was in New Orleans. Or in New Orleans. But it, it, even in New Orleans, that was starting with a star, with Chris Paul, then it doesn't really work out. Whereas, like, you wasn't go to, a star yet, though. Who wasn't a star yet? I
0: mean, Chris Paul hadn't been an all-star yet. Well, I'm thinking of Byron Scott. I was like, wait, what? No, he was a star. I'm sorry. <laughs> what I was thinking about with Monty Williams is he was a star that many felt like, oh, without an owner, they'll he'll probably be on his
1: way. Right. Episode. So it, it right. was Chris Paul, and then he lucked up into – uh anthony davis literally with the uh with the, with the lottery odds um and so he he had those dynamics but sometimes you just start with this blank cupboard like if if you have to start in houston right now if if, if houston was to have a new coach that's not the most ideal situation orlando isn't an ideal situation he's the situation with a borderline superstar if not a superstar uh, but I, I'm always hesitant to give somebody that tag. A TV after a superstar,
0: years. we'll say that
1: much. T- oh, well, at least an NBA office superstar for certain. Um, they love to put him on TV. You're talking about an all-star with Brandon Ingram. And then, of course, we've talked about this misfit roster. Um, but you got pieces. You got all types of pieces to will and deal and make moves. And, uh, and, and you know, if, if people come available, if Damian Lillard comes available, if some of these other players come available, uh Bradley Bill, somebody like that, like you have the opportunity um to go and get guys. So he's going to be stepping in a situation where he can win. This ain't this ain't a rebuild. So we'll see how it works out.
0: It's uh it's not so much settling down as it is in, not a rebuild as much as it is kind of a refuel because they, they still have big steps they got to take with Willie Green or else David Griffin's got to go and then Zion's going to want out. And then it's just going to be the same old song and dance of how do you let another superstar get out of town? This is the biggest hire of Griffin's time with the Pelicans. And if Willie Green doesn't work out, it's going to be bad. The key I really think is how do you, as a coach with that roster, communicate constructive criticism and not alienate the locker room. Well, you do that by establishing strong relationships where you know that the truth comes from a place of love. And if you do that, family. If you do that, then um, you know you might be able to win some games, but uh, they got to do it, man. They've got to do it. You mentioned AD a minute ago. Uh, by the way, I felt like, you, you can tell me when you see it, I felt like they were trolling the Pelicans a little bit. I felt like in Space Jam, I felt like AD was, but I'll get your thoughts on that. Oh, because he's a he, he was is just, a burden. Uh, but in the yeah, movie, and then there's a funny. line and other stuff. Oh, it's like, but okay. like he just he is just he just does not. It's like, man, y'all even gonna let the guy just have a a nice like dunk or anything? Just
1: nothing yeah, like th- the th- other th- guy. Th-
0: the other guy like Clay and and Tarassi and I, I, Dame. Y'all gonna give him all these big things? And Ad, you are just gonna make fun of him being like a bird and say what did they do to him? And Interesting. I heard that. Like,
1: there's a little bit of trolling going one on. One of the, the criticisms that I've heard, and I haven't seen it, I haven't. It, ha- it hasn't spoiled anything yet. Is uh, I mean, is that LeBron up. didn't LeBron didn't make a whole lot of buckets, which was which was an interesting uh, that was an interesting uh criticism yes. of of LeBron. I don't know. Uh, like I said, I. I look forward to seeing it.
0: ESPN1420and.com. I will say no more about Space Jam. I will say no more to this man. I'll let him go. Seth Lewis, check him out on TV3, sports director from KTC TV3. Got a lot coming out. Sunbelt Conference Media Days later this week. We'll be both there covering it um, for our, uh, you know, for 1420 and he for TV3. But, Seth, I always appreciate you coming in, especially on a Monday after a, a busy weekend in sports. Appreciate it, my friend. Yep.
1: Appreciate it always, guys. All
0: right. Coming up next, Phil Steele. We're diving deep into college football. It's ESPN fourteen twenty.